Roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. LARP, tabletop, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game, because the only way to win a role-playing game is is to to have have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is the legend, Carrie. My head hurts. Oh, Oh, it's migraine week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also Jason, the favorite. That's right. I'm also the one who's been reading Blades in the Dark and has fallen in love with it. Oh, why don't you marry it? No. It's not legal now. Well, good news, everybody. It's Pork Chop Sunday. It is Pork Chop Sunday. We just had yummy pork chops. I, I will say this is the only good thing the podcast has ever done for me. Really? <laughs> pork chops? Send me pork chops one time. All right. Well, before we get into uh, talking about our topic today, let's talk about our Patreon backers. Carrie, does anybody like us enough to send us money? Yeah. Yay! we got lots of people that like us to send us money. Awesome. Well, tell us about our wizard level and above backers. Well, um, there's, there's my favorite, Cameron. Cameron Pruett. 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 He's yeah. my favorite. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. What Ryan Martin? Is he your favorite too? He's my favorite Ryan. <laughs> uh, we got Drew Stevens. Who you had is, to look Drew's name up. Uh, no, I'm embarrassed. I'm, 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 it's right in front of me. I was just I had, looking. I know. You got a headache. I do. We also have Noah Coltrip. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. And then we have the mom of Hunk. The mom Ooh. of Hunk. That sounds uh, spooky. No, it's the cutest puppy ever. She just got a new puppy and his name is Hunk. It's giant, though. It is. It is. Is it named after the paladin? I don't. I I believe so. Probably. Um, He is. She needs to get four more puppies and then a fifth puppy that wears pink. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you want a shout out on our podcast, we'd love to give you one and you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air and becoming a patron uh, of the show at patreon.com slash honorable podcast. You get lots of free stuff. There's postcards and books and things like that that you can get. And also, we might even roast your character if Noah ever sends us the answers to his questions. Anyway, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were here at this table recording this podcast. Recording this podcast? Yeah, but it actually wasn't this podcast, because this podcast is recorded today. (laughs) Today? (laughs) But if you're listening to this podcast, it was recorded before. Before. Right. This got really meta. It did. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, Jason, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see. Well, I already said I've been reading Blades in the Dark. Of course, my work has been crazy as it has been for the last three or four months. Years. It feels like it. It does <laughs> feel like it. Well, it's because I go through phases of having zero work or having lots of work. Right. And there's no in-between. But this phase of lots of work just haps- has happened to have gone on for a year and a half. Not quite, but yeah, longer than normal. Yeah. Part of it is I've been employed for longer than I usually am. Usually six, eight months a year and that's it. But this has been, I don't know, um, 13 months now straight. Yeah. It's nice, but also it means I have less time to do stuff. Right. But when you have time to do stuff, you're going to have so much money to do it I with. doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> if I was good with money, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'd be on one of those really popular podcasts. Right. <laughs> I can't think of any. Uh, that would have you. Were they? That would have you. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> yeah. If you had lots of money, you'd end up on cereal, but you'd be the topic, not the guest. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't know what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, what about you, Carrie? What have, what have you been up to? Um, I Well, I have a headache, so not much. I've been doing my Twitch stream. I watched some last night. It was really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was better than cats. <laughs> because nobody comes out of the screen and bothers you. Right? Wow. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying. But you didn't sing uh, Memories either, so that would have been a plus. You could be well, Mrs. Carrie Stoffelis. <laughs> we should get her a funny hat we to do get, her Twitch stream we wearing. Could, oh, we could get our friend Travis to come and perform. Oh, yeah, okay. And he could prove to us finally, once and for all, that he really was in Cats. I don't, yeah. I, I don't believe think, him. I don't think he'll do it. I won't believe him until he posts photos on Facebook. That's fair. On, well, I'll Travis. say whatever it takes for that. To that's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's right. And uh, the only other thing is uh, we've uh, 
kind of caught up on our Star Trek, so I'm very excited about that. I need to get the thing where I can watch that. Oh, dis- it's like the only thing I don't Discovery. have. Discovery. Yeah. It's- the second season of Discovery has kind of been basically dedicated to repairing all of the timeline well, problems from season one. It, or I don't know if it's repairing or if they actually had that all figured out. Maybe they But did. like, yeah, like, you know, like all the complaints about the Klingons, they're starting to go, ah, see, this is where we it were going. It did make sense. And we're like, oh, it did. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're saying that if you're watching a show and it's a, a franchise that you really like, you should give them a little breathing room? Yeah. That doesn't sound right. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to go on the internet and, and scream yeah, until they cancel the show and then complain that they don't have anything I like on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm really, really excited about it, so. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I, but I'm a big Trekkie nerd, so. Is it as good as Orville, though? It can't be. It, no, it's pretty good. Like, they, they've managed this season in Discovery to capture the, that, um, that flavor of hope. Oh, that yeah. Star Trek is supposed to have. That's right. Season two has definitely, I mean, and there are only three episodes in, but it has definitely been stronger than season one. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so, you know, and I like the Orville. So like, I'm not down on that at all. Like I, sure, sure. I think it is great Star Trek Yeah. for that Star Trek. It's great Star Trek, but there is, um, there is a lightheartedness to the Orville, which they're supposed to be. Sure. It's supposed um, to be a comedy. Yeah. Really yeah. There, there's definitely a comedy there. And, um, but like in, in, Discovery, there's this hope of, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, growth, maybe. Oh, okay. You Things know, are like, going to get better. Or, or yeah, gonna... or like there's always something to reach for. Okay. It made me very happy. Like, I cool. was, last night I was like, oh, I'm going to tweet about Star Trek. Well, I noticed you tra- tweeted some about it. Yeah, well, I was asking what everyone's uh, favorite captain was. Benjamin Sisko. Is it just because he punched Q? No, I don't even remember him punching Q. I just think he was... That's he the was only thing I know about him. But the, the cool. He was definitely the coolest of the captains. That's true. Like, oh, mm, Pike. Pike is cool. Well, now... Pike has always been cool. You shut your mouth. Even back in the very first episode of real Star Trek. Yeah. Mm-mm, don't, don't do... Don't, <laughs> you don't, don't you crap on my captain. <laughs> even when he was just beeping. He was way better than anyone else. So yeah. Shut your. That's mouth. what I was going to say. Is I was Jason just kind of stole my thunder, but I was going to say uh, one of my favorite. My favorite Pike quote Shut is. Up. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Good times. Remember, I can't steal your thunder if it actually happens. Right. Yeah. We do smack our lips a lot. We need to. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, do we have a topic this week? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so that's what we've all been up to. Wait, what have you been doing, Ryan? Oh, thanks for including <laughs> me. I appreciate that. Whatever. Uh, I've not really been much up. up well, so, so there we go. <laughs> don't worry about it then. <sighs> so what have you been up to? You How know, much gun belt have you got? I've done? been working. I've been doing some working on some gun belt stuff. I've uh, been dealing with the fallout of our episode two weeks ago where we <laughs> have been arguing a lot online, haven't you? We talked about uh, sensitivity in gaming and stuff and the the go woke, go broke movement. I read your article last night. I don't know if you saw my messages when I posted them, but it was really good. Yeah, I think – and it's, it's interesting. We've gotten a lot of comments from folks. A lot. Online <laughs> about it uh, and, and people – it, it amazes me how – Nobody falls in the center. You know, that is verbal. Right. All the vocal people are either extremely angry uh, people who just want their games, who seem to just want their games to be offensive, or they are extremely angry, um, you know, social justice issue driven folks who want everybody to accept whatever agenda they are are pushing and and i think most people actually fall somewhere in the middle where we agree with social justice issues and that we don't want games offensive but we also don't need to cuss one another out to get either of those things well i don't remember if it was something you wrote or we said during the um podcast but my assume favorite assume it's both assume it's both yeah i'm uh, sure if it was wisdom it was from me though uh, that is your job. <laughs> the the idea that you can make your game as dark as you want at the table, right, or as inclusive as you want at your table, especially if the material supports it in a very in, in a in a positive way, right. Like, guess what? 
if I write a book that's inclusive and you don't want to include any of that stuff in your game, well, I mean, shame on you, but mm-hmm. that's your call at your right. table. But if you write a book that's racist and you don't want your table to be racist, it's much harder to play that game yeah. at all. Absolutely. And you yeah. probably shouldn't. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So, hey, yeah, listeners, strange. don't be bad people. Right. Right? And you can run a high fantasy D&D game that's just like all the old ones using the new stuff just because there's a black lady on the cover. Not on the cover, but in the pages of it. It doesn't affect your game the way you play it. Right. Anyway. <sighs> people. 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 Well, we always say that LARPers ruin LARP, and that's true of all role-playing. Well, I think gamers, yeah. gamers ruin games. Yeah. So so here's the, here's the deal, listeners. If you guys are going to uh, yell at Ryan... For, for for this stuff, you know, like on these threads or whatever, you have to go support us on Patreon. Because <laughs> for you, just you ten dollars a month, you can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, because what happens? Because what happens is he gets in these arguments, and then I have to hear about them because he messages me and goes, "Oh my God, this person just did this. Do they oh. not see how how ironic they're being?" You know, you don't mute Ryan. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know, the truth is one of the problems is that everybody just responds to the announcement of the podcast about the topic. Yeah, and no none one of listened. them listened to it. I love the people who say they listened and then they make a statement and the, it's like, you clearly, you clearly, did, you you did, clearly not did not listen. Yeah. I mean, our numbers were good, but they weren't that good for... If, we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's what we've been up to. So <laughs> shall we go ahead and move to combat rounds? <laughs> We might as well. Okay. Oh, well, that was really... <laughs> I guess... It's uh, either that or uh, do another Get Woke episode. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. Next step. Next, 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 next. Welcome to Combat Rounds. Today's topic is immersion versus engagement. Or... Engagement versus immersion. (laughs) (laughs) Ready, choose. I'm just saying. Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between immersion and engagement. There are a lot of people who don't really see these as different things. uh, And there are a lot of people who view them as very different things. Um, And so we're going to talk a little bit about what they are, what are the positives and negatives, and how how to help achieve them in your game. Stuff and stuff. Stuff is my favorite. Yeah. Well, I think that it's. To, they don't necessarily oppose each other. Right. Engagement drives immersion and vice versa sometimes, but I think we should get into defining them, and that will uh, get us on the right track. <laughs> How do you define immersion, Carrie? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. It's just I keep looking at, at at our notes. Right. And the way immersion versus engagement looks, it looks like it's a Mortal Kombat. They, like immersion versus engagement, <laughs> like they're going to be like coming at each other from opposite sides of the screen. So you've got to do some art. Well, let's get started then. Um, why don't we just start by defining the what immersion and engagement are? All right, let's start with immersion. Immersion, Jason, you have this theory that immersion and engagement that one is more in character and one is more out of character. Right. Uh, so immersion is like you feel like your character more. For example, it's easy to get in character where you're playing, I don't know, a Victorian lord if you're in a mansion. Or if you're playing vampire in a nightclub and it's just right. It's not too loud. There's dark corners and you can plan and plot. And everybody's in costume. It's easy to be immersed. You feel more like your character all the time. You think less about out-of-character stuff. So I think engagement is not the opposite, but kind of 90 degrees to it. It's perpendicular to it. Engagement is when you, as a person, not just a character, are interested in what's going on. It's, for example, when you read a really good book uh, or watch a great movie, you get immersed in the action. You feel like you're there. But if it's really good, later on you think about it. I kind of feel like immersion is this... is. Immersion is kind of like a measurement. Why do you keep laughing? Because I just thought, so immersion is reading a book. Engagement is writing a fanfic afterward. Maybe. (laughs) It's not terrible. I I feel like immersion is sort of a measurement of how much you forget it's just a game. Yes, absolutely. 
And engagement is how interested you are in being in the game or playing the game. That's fair. And I think immersion adds to that sometimes. But just like when you're reading a book and there's a really clever turn of phrase, that can break your immersion in the moment because you're like, wow, what a great, what a great line. I want to think about that line for a second instead of just continuing on with the book. Just like sometimes when you're playing a role-playing game, somebody comes up with a, a really clever plan or you encounter a clever mechanic and you just want to you're you're engaged in the mechanic itself, not in the game that's... Not the story. Not the story. They obviously are tied a little bit. You know, they go a little bit hand in hand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the reason they oppose each other at times is because the more immersed I am, usually I'm less engaged in an out-of-character sense. I'm not thinking about the game. I'm thinking about my character and what they're doing. Whereas when I'm engaged... I'm usually immersed in the game to a certain extent, but I'm also interested, like, uh, for example, if you're trying to solve a puzzle, a lot of times you're not thinking as your character. You're thinking as yourself, and that's okay. Uh, So you're more engaged than you're immersed. But there's also moments where you're like, I've got to get back and be that person again. I'm engaged in that character that I play or in the plot that they're running. I I do. I agree with everything you just said there. Sure. Like, um... I think, uh, for me anyway, I always think of immersion, like, literally as, like, you can be immersed in something, like a pool, and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you're in it, and then engagement, like, the easiest way to think about it is, like, if you are engaged to someone, like, you are... Attached? You you have a relationship. It's more of a, um, mental thing, I guess. (laughs) I'll never, I'll never forget that time when Picard, when he engaged the Borg. That reception was great. (laughs) It's better than when he immersed the board. Right. That reception made no sense. <laughs> that made no sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is why I don't talk. <laughs> I kind of think in a weird way, like immersion is something the game gives you and engagement is something that you give the game. I can see right? that. Like, like a ring. What? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> like immersion, immersion is this feeling you have based on like your awareness how mm-hmm. aware are you that this is a game yeah okay. and engagement is more like how much you desire to be a part of it yes i can see that okay yeah can you be fully immersed without being engaged probably not, mm, not can hel- you be not healthily anyway can you be completely engaged without being fully immersed absolutely all right so why does it go one way and not the other okay so when i'm playing D, for example and uh, I'm not like this amazing role player that spends every single moment in game. And even when I'm doing combat, I'm always absolutely thinking of him as a character. Sometimes I'm thinking of combat as a puzzle I want to solve. I'm engaged in the game, absolutely. I'm not immersed in the game because I'm not thinking about my character the whole time. I'm thinking about how to best accomplish my character's goals, not in my character's brain. And sometimes engagement comes from... Uh, like if you go to a LARP and it has a really interesting plot with a mystery at the center of it and you want to solve that mystery, you are part of the reason why you're there is to see where it goes. And it's not may not have anything to do with what your character is doing. You just want to know. You're engaged. When um when I got to watch um Chris run the uh, Harlem Unbound. Yes. Like I think this is the best way. Like I was not immersed because I was not playing in the game. Right. But I was completely engaged in the game. Absolutely. I, you I know, think, and I wasn't even playing the game, and I was engaged in it. And there was a lot of moments when I was immersed, but there was more moments when I was engaged because I was enjoying the game for its own self. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to see with my ST brain, yeah, how, how does this work? work? Mm-hmm. How, how does he work? And that's interesting to me, regardless of what my character was doing. Have you ever been in a game where... where one of those things broke the other for you. Like, for example, I was in a game once. It was a it was a World of Darkness LARP sure. where you could play kind of anything, but it was they called it a worm game. But the idea was just everybody, <laughs> oh, everybody played the bad. You guy. played Sabat. You played yeah. Black Spiral Dancers. You played all of the evil versions. Is this the one unquote. that Carrie talks about sometimes? Uh, well, there were there have been a few. Sure. We've played a few of them, uh, and and the immersion was. The immersion was really high. It was, you know, the the lights were all dark and the everybody was wearing, you know, 
leather and evil costumes and, and all of this stuff. Because always costume better. Ba- right? They do. Why yeah. is that? But the, the problem was the immersion was was so great that it made me giggle. <laughs> you're pretending to be evil. Like those those black leather tights don't make you evil. You know, like it was I, it was so immersive that it almost became farcical, which disengaged me. So from it because things were exactly what they looked like, you couldn't think of it as a game anymore. <laughs> yeah, it just became silly. It almost <laughs> became like we were playing a satire of of what we were playing. I want to play a satire. I've done that once. Okay, that sounds good. A satyr, you mean? <laughs> no, no, I played. <laughs> well, you we played, played a satyr. <laughs> I did play a satyr, but no, I played in a. Uh, we did a one shot LARP, one shot LARP once mm-hmm. on April first. Oh yeah, and yeah. so we all got to make ridiculous characters and just get it out of our system, and so that was fun. Right. So what are the what are the kinds of things that can can help? make things more immersive. Okay. Uh, well, we all know costuming. Right. Uh, looking as much like your character as possible. And, and that, I think that's very positive within your limits financially, obviously, uh, to, to look as much like your character as you can. Also, having props that look as real as possible. And just having props at all helps. Uh, Atmos- dec- I think atmosphere. Atmosphere, decorating the area. Lighting. Um, music, I, if you can. Music yeah. in in mush. I think it's really important for uh, to describe things. Yes. Um, you know, like there's a difference between I walk in the room and I strut into the room as the wind whips around me. You know, and if you describe everything that's going on, um, also in mush, a lot of times people will they'll send links to like. this is what the object looks like, okay. or this is the music my character's listening to. Things that other you can. Click on that will give you a better idea of what's going on. Like good tabletop uh, storytellers and players Mm -hmm. will be very descriptive with their actions. Instead Mm -hmm. of saying, I hit that guy, they're like, you know, I swing as hard as I can and I scream out, how dare you? Or I describe the room I come into, not just that it's square, but Mm -hmm. like it's got bones in the corner and there's moss on the walls and there's water dripping in the distance. You can Mm -hmm. hear it Engage, you know. You immerse by engaging the senses. Yeah. I think I we've think, talked about that, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yeah. I think acting yes. plays a part. Absolutely, with immersion, um, especially in tabletop and LARP. Mm-hmm. Um, in in mush, strangely enough, I think that grammar and spelling can make a difference in immer- in immersion because like, it breaks it when you have to figure out what the person says. Or, or, or if you've got a, about? or if you've got a character who uh, talks. And says ain't a lot or it matters, doesn't it? or whatever, you know, like you can type in an accent. Yeah. If you do it right, it can be very fun. And if you do it wrong, oh. it can be a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's true. It, no, it's worse because like if you don't type it right, people have no idea what you're saying. So they have to decipher it. And that breaks in. And it, because it takes them an extra 10 minutes to read what the hell you just wrote. And I think on this, on the note, this note of, I mean, because we're kind of pulling that into the mar- mush version of, of acting, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. and when you're talking about acting, I think consistency matters as well. Yes. If you, if you are sometimes talking in an accent and sometimes not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you are sometimes typing a certain way and not other times, yeah. right. you know, that can be very, you know, data did not use contractions on star Trek. That right. was one of the things that made him feel robotic and alien. Mm-hmm. And if suddenly he slipped and used a contraction and none of the editors caught it, it would be a problem. It, it would break that immersion. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. I like how Star Trek is now our go-to for this episode. Right? <laughs> that makes me Just happy. Just because you're obsessed with it again. I do. I like it. What, what, what do you guys think about food? I have played in a game where we had a huge dinner, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. The only problem was it was really hard to role-play around eating. <laughs> so it was fun I, and it felt in character, but sometimes my immersion got broke because I'm like, I can't hear anything you people are saying at the other end of the table. On the flip side, if you want to get get me engaged, you give me fettuccine. I, I was just going to say, I actually think food uh, bridges the gap between immersion and engagement. Mm-hmm. 
because, you know, if your characters are eating and you're eating, like, you're literally doing what your character's doing, you know, right. that's Always awesome. Cool. But um, I also think that uh, food is, you know, it's a common denominator. We all have to eat in some way, shape, or form. Right. And that builds community. And I think community is really important for engagement. But what you choose for the food can make or break immersion. Yes, if you are playing, uh, just making things up here. If you are playing a, um, if you're playing a role a role playing game that takes place in Italy and you serve sushi, that doesn't <laughs> spill that right. can break that yeah. can break immersion a little bit. But if someone wants to bring me sushi, they can. Right, we'll just we'll, r- run a samurai game. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I used to play uh, some Bafflarps back in the night. Or, yeah, in the, yeah the you want to break 90s. immersion with me? You hit me with a foam sword. No, I'll be you like, get used dude. To it. To, trust me, once you get into it, it, nothing else feels immersive. But that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, the We would have a feast every weekend, and it was one of the best parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody sat down together. We were, first of all, engaged because the food was usually very good. Yeah. Was but, the food cooked in the style of the game you were playing? Yes, as much as was reasonable. Sure. Fair. So it added to but the immersion like, as well. We frequently had homemade bread, and we would have dishes that sort of made sense for the time period. Mm-hmm. Though we did have a big pot of spaghetti a few times, which maybe is not medieval. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it was still... Something. I believe I believe that King Arthur served spaghetti at the round table <laughs> I, quite often. I think he would have if Mer- he had had some Merlin, once. Merlin, Merlin is like, I have brought you spaghetti. I, I just imagine King Arthur being like, we got a lot of people to feed. They're, they're, they're big boys. We they're gonna eat, eat a lot. What's not gonna break our bank? But but we'll feed all of them, you know, well. And and Merlin was like, carbs. They're gonna be fine, yeah, right? Mm. And Merlin was like, hmm, how about the spaghetti? <laughs> I like Merlin's accent. What spaghetti was up with that? it is. So the guy who's gonna conjure all this food, he's he's worried about. Right. So here's a part of something that can break immersion that we've not talked about. Making jokes in the middle of the game. (laughs) I was going to say mechanics. Absolutely. But it can increase engagement like a really good mechanic. For for example, you know, I've talked about this earlier. I'm reading Blades in the Dark. And one of the mechanics is that you've got all these clocks that are like. They're like doomsday clocks. Doomsday clocks. You're tallying up uh, actions. Sure. And the players can see it. Like, hey, you've got two more ticks, and, you know, the guards will hear you. So every time they make a mistake or they roll poorly, you get to add a tick to the clock. And once it's full, they know in that moment they're going to get attacked. (laughs) The alarm goes off, so to speak. But the characters themselves don't necessarily know that. Maybe they know things are going south because they've made a lot of mistakes. But they don't know one more oops, and that's it. Right. Right. But the players do, and the reason why it builds engagement is because they start to feel... Anxious, the tension just like their they can characters see have, and if they're working on, you can do these for positive things too. Like you're completing a big project, and you get to add more ticks to your clock to show how close you are to getting done. And you get to feel, ah, oh, almost done. A couple of more ticks, and I'll have this. And you feel what your character would feel, which mm-hmm. is, I'm getting close. I'm almost done. Right. You get excitement, and I think that's brilliant. I think some uh, some mechanics. Are can are more immersive than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for example, it's kind of like food, where if you serve, you know, if you're like we were talking about the, this idea that like if you're playing a game that takes place in Italy and you serve Chinese food, you know that that can be uh, breaking break immersive right. immersion. Uh, another thing is if you're you know Capers is a this role playing game that, that Craig Campbell has has made. He's the guy that did Die Laughing. We did the mm-hmm. live play of that. Yay. He did this tabletop game called Capers, which is a sort of like a gangster's superhero game. Right. So it takes place in the 20s and 30s and stuff. And uh, and his game mechanics, not dice, he uses playing cards. Mm-hmm. And so it has kind of a poker feel, which feels like that era. But I, I think that, that some mechanics can be more immersive than others. Like yeah. that's like playing, having mechanics that are indicative of the genre that you're playing, like, like using the, you know, poker poker hands in Deadlands, you know, because it was mm-hmm. a Wild West theme. Like, that can feel more more immersive than stopping to roll dice. Or even if, like, your dice are themed, it can help some, too. It's like, a little thing, but... It yeah, can. it's a little thing, mm-hmm. but, like, for, for the gun belt, you've got a set of uh, dice that look, look like bullets. Right. 
And, you know, like, it's exciting to be able to, it's like, haha, I get to roll the bullet die. I get to roll the bullet die, you know. But on the flip side, I think that that mechanics can also more, even more often than they can help immersion, they can break immersion. Well, how many times have we had to stop a game to look up a mechanic? Right. Even in a well-designed game that's perfect, you can't remember everything. No. Yeah, look, looking up rules is a big one. We also, you know, there's another podcast, the Misdirected Mark podcast, and they talk about this thing. They, they've called it latency, and it's the, the theory of the idea that um, latency is the amount of time it takes for you to do the mechanics. In, oh, okay. in which, I like that. In which the role play has to pause. So the idea is... Uh, you can role play your character. You know, my character walks up, he pulls out his spell components, he throws it down on the ground, and he says the magic words. And then the latency begins because you have to stop, check the rules, see how it works, pull out the dice. You have to make the, the dice roll, the die rolls. Um, maybe it's more than one. In Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of times you, you roll once to see if you hit the guy, and then you have to roll damage. Mm-hmm. And so that adds to latency. And and so they, they call that latency, the idea, like, how quickly can you resolve it and make it through the mechanics to get back to the role-playing? Mm. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, I, and, and I think shorter latency time yeah. definitely helps immersion. Yeah. That's one of the things I like about Dungeon World. Uh, first of all, because the storyteller never rolls, so that takes out half the dice right there. Right. And also, whenever the characters are doing something, it's almost always, like, one of ten things and you can look at a list, and it can resolve it fairly quickly because right. of that. Interestingly enough, though, I think that some of that can be, like, rolling dice can add to engagement, though. Because mm-hmm. it, so. you feel excited. Right. You're doing yeah. something. You yeah. are doing something. It's the moment that you're actually playing it's, the game. We used to talk about this when we started playing uh, the New World of Darkness LARPs that used card draws and random number generators. Right. And the, both of y'all felt like that it was it the, removed the engagement you had in the immersion because you felt like you were doing something when you played Paper, Rock, Scissors. Yeah. But when you were just using Randomizer, it didn't feel like you were doing something. Right. Yeah, anybody could, could have pulled from any deck. Right. It doesn't have to be me. doesn't even have to be me. And so why are we doing it at all? Let's just agree. Let's just... Do, uh, and that's how some games work, and that is how some <laughs> games work with uh, negotiation. Yeah, negotiation or consent. Consent, even consent, consent games. That mechanic has a latency. There is to a it. latency, though. Right. We have to stop and be like, okay, my character would punch you. How would would okay. you? Okay, what would you do? Do you think you you'd take it? Would you get hit? Do you think you'd be able to dodge me? And you have to work it out. And some games, it's supposed to work out like this: I'm going to hit you, and then you do whatever the guy you're hitting says. For, right. If you're the target, you decide, and you're supposed to just decide right. quickly and keep things moving so the latency is as small as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit then about engagement. So engagement, now we're moving from, uh, from how much you are aware that it's just a game or not aware that you're playing a game, moving it towards uh, how much you want to play the game or right. how interested you are. Your so, desire to be there. There's one thing that breaks both my immersion and and uh, the other word. <laughs> Engagement? Engagement? <laughs> sorry. I'm did working just, nights right now. Did I just give you my headache? I'm no, sorry. No, I'm working nights and my brain doesn't work good when I'm working nights. So, and that is cognitive load. If I have to remember too many things, for example, the mechanics, if I have to, ah, oh, shoot, okay, I got to remember these 10 things in my head constantly. Right. And so if I have to remember 10 things about the setting and 10 things about how my powers work, frequently I'm – that's all I can do. Yeah. I can't do that and play my character. It's the it's the 900-page werewolf rule book, right? Like, Heck, it's sometimes a it's much. just a 50-page book that's got a lot that's in it. It's complex, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that My one complaint about Blades in the Dark is I'm like, there's some cognitive load here. I'm, I have to figure out how all these systems work and keep them in my head. Right. Yeah. In tabletop games, right, how do we how do we keep people engaged in, in tabletop? What are some of the elements that make people engaged? Well, for me, the games I'm most engaged in and the, ones, the thing that I hope that I do best to drive that engagement is make the story something the characters are attached to. Like a good movie or a good book, they want to see what happens. They want to be part of what happens. Right. They want to get to drive the action because the action is interesting in and of itself, 
regardless of their characters. And that's the part, really, that storytellers and DMs and, and stuff, that's the part that they have on engagement. The most control over. Yeah. Like, interestingly enough, it seems like immersion is much more in the hands of the storytellers. Not completely. Neither of these I are. I can see what you're saying. And engagement tends to be a little more in the hands of the players. Yeah. You know, like one of the, cause for example, some of the things that I find with engagement, like I am more engaged when I really like my character. Absolutely. Um, and so if I'm playing, it, it's, we've talked about this before on other episodes. I'll play in a shitty game if I love my character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will, I will not play in the greatest game ever if, if I hate what I'm playing. Yeah. I've, I have absolutely done that before. I've made a character that seemed really fun and I've sat through a few sessions. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this game, but I am bored. And right. it's because I don't like who I'm playing. I'm not yeah. engaged. Yeah, yeah. And so I, so you know, you bring that. I think costumes. If it's uh, especially if it's uh, in a LARP, you know, with a LARP, costumes important. Like if I've if I've put a ton of work into making the costume I'm about to wear, I'm more engaged. I've mm-hmm. thought about what I'm doing. Coincidentally. Um, Costumes, like we said, add also to immersion. Well, th- these things go hand in hand. The the trick, and I think the reason why we call this immersion versus engagement is because that engagement drives attendance more than immersion does. And that's usually what your goal is, to tell a good story, and you judge that based on how often people come and how interested they are in the game. Yeah. I think more, and, and we'll talk about this more here as we get towards the end, but I think that People think immersion's more important than engagement, especially right now. Immersion's a, a buzzword. Sure. Especially in LARPs. You yeah. know, it's a full immersion LARP, right? But it's, um, a, it's not a LARP, it's an immersive experience. Experience. Right. And uh, and you know, you know me, I'm one of those I, I'm a fervent believer that there is a difference between an experience and a game, and I think that that's, that's verbiage that I feel like as LARP runners we need to to come to Yes. You know, uh, come to grips with. But uh, it's a come to Gygax moment. <laughs> but like the... <laughs> but, um, I want a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> this is a come to Gygax moment. But I think that uh, I think that, that people right now, especially in LARPs, think that immersion is more important. But the truth is, really, engagement is kind of more important because you want people at... You want people there. And you want them to be really enjoying themselves. Yeah. And while immersion is a component of that, it's not the whole story. Right. Uh, it's a thing that people are starting to talk about, too, is with safety mechanics and consent-based games, you have to have more engagement than you have immersion because you do have to be thinking about more than what's my character doing or what's going on around me. You also have to be thinking about what's... What do I need to do to make other people have a good time as well? Right. And if you're completely immersed, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about what what am I doing, as in me, my character, who uh, you're not even thinking of as a character anymore. You're thinking of as a person that you are. Mm-hmm. But if you're engaged, you're thinking about, okay, my character's doing this, but also that guy doesn't look like he's having a good time, and I'm going to go get myself involved in that because it'll make both of us more engaged. I feel like engagement is a measurement of how hard you try. And it can be, and, yeah. And, yeah. And immersion is a measurement of how hard you notice you try. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't sure. know if I go that far. Yeah, but I shouldn't notice it not, if I'm immersed. Right, right. <laughs> That's what he meant, though. Oh, like yeah, I see now. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I, think, I actually think for a mush anyway that engagement is way more important sure than immersion, you know, on, on many levels. Um, like, the for me, the best compliment I ever get... When I'm when I'm running a mush, is when I have someone new come in mm-hmm. and they're like, "This was the most friendly game I've ever come and talked to, and now I want to play in it." Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like that. And that, to me, like that kind of engagement is, and that, and that happens at the table too. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a new player who's never played before, I will walk you through character creation. I'm going to help you. It happens in LARPs too. People, yes. uh, let me help you navigate, you know, the the rule book and and create your character. I think that definitely adds to engagement. In mush, we were talking about latency. I think latency in mush is how freaking long it takes you to type your pose. <laughs> right? And that can break your engagement. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm in a scene with someone and it takes them 25 minutes to type three sentences back to me for what their character does, 
I'm out. I need to move on. Like, I, I can't stand for a scene to take all day. And then by the time it's over, all my character did was walk in, say hi, get his cup of coffee and leave. Okay. Right? Oh, my gosh. So, like, not a musher, but I did used to do some chat games. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, a notebook file on my computer, and it was standard things that I said so that I could copy-paste them back and forth. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, so there's a little bit of a story there. When I was doing chat games the most is when my son was, like, less than one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding a baby in one arm, and I'm typing with my right hand and nothing else because I've got a baby over here and I'm trying to type. So I realized that, like you said, it took me too long to post sometimes. Right. So any standard description of a place or of myself... Like when you were like, Jason walks into the room and takes a look around. He sees some folks and gives a little wave. Yeah. That applies every time you walk into Mm -hmm. a room. Copy, paste. Right. Copy, paste. And I would do a description of my character. Yeah, I know in mushes a lot of people will do that. They've got uh, like this is my this is my school outfit. Mm-hmm. Right. This is my. You'll see one or two sentences that are always cut and pasted into their first post. I would yeah. also do this trick where I would have that notepad file open, and if, say we were doing a combat or something like that, where you need to be descriptive, but also keep the action moving. Right. While they were typing. I would be typing up what I'm probably going to do. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as they post it, I would edit it and mm-hmm. copy-paste it in. I do that. So it would be really yeah. fast. But that is that is an engagement thing that helps with latency in tabletop as well. You know, don't wait until your initiative to decide what you do. Absolutely. Look Pay your, attention. <laughs> look your spell or your discipline or whatever. Look it up before it's your turn. Always. No, that even in... in uh, every game. Yeah, in, in every game in, in LARP as well. Yeah. You know, you can have the book out and be figuring out what, you know, how you're going to attack the bad guy. Right. You know what I love is when a player's like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to use this power. Also, here's a copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can be like... I can either say, I know how that one works, let's go. Or I can be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yes, you do roll a die six here. <laughs> yeah. What, what about attitude? How do you guys, I mean, do you think that attitude can, can affect engagement? Well, let's say attitude affects engagement in every single activity in your whole life, not just gaming. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody has a poor attitude at work, it makes people not be engaged in their jobs. Right. So mm-hmm. imagine what that's like at a voluntary activity where I've paid money to be at maybe or I've taken a whole afternoon to go to somebody's house and play in a tabletop game. I'm not going to be very engaged at all if somebody's got a bad attitude. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, there's just that whole idea just, you know, I had a long day at work. I don't feel it today. I I just don't want to be there. I've coasted through games before. I'm not going to be very engaged. And you know what? My lack of engagement is going to affect those around me's immersion. It it is. I can tell when I'm running a scene on Mush how people are doing by their posts. Like, you know, like there, there are times where I'll like someone will post and I'll just immediately page them out of character and go, are you okay? <laughs> oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, clearly. Yeah. And then they're like, how would you know? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're not engaged. You're, you know, or, or you, you don't care or, you know, mm-hmm. and you normally do or whatever, you know, so it's like, uh, other players can feel that. Right. And, you so, know, there's something of an obligation if you're there. Mm-hmm. To try to be as interested as possible. To have a good attitude about it. Or at least tell people if you're... Hey, I'm ha- I'm going to have a bad day, but I wanted to be here. You know, hey, I've got a migraine. I'm here doing the podcast. Sorry, guys. You know, like... You know, just let people know. Be Let them be aware. So, what do you think is more important? Do you think it's more important to not notice that you're in a game? Or do you think it's more important to want to be there? Okay, I'm going to say... Because I'm the favorite, I'm going to take both sides a little bit. What? I know. My best moments in games are moments in which I'm completely immersed, and I do something that's exactly what my character would do, and I I feel it. Like, I have the emotions of my character, have the thoughts of my character. Those are the absolute best moments. Especially, I especially love those moments when I know that the thing I've chosen to do is not wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it's yeah. even better. Well, like, if I know I have to do this because this is what my character would do, that, and I'm, I'm immersed enough that I have to do it, right. and I know that this could very likely be the end because this is dumb. But it's also exactly what I would do, and I'm not even really thinking about the consequences. Right. 
Or, and I love this, when I get to give the big speech and I and I'm like, we've got to do this, guys. Come with me. You know, <laughs> charge. Like, I love those moments and I'm completely immersed. But that keeps me coming back. That makes me enjoy that game that night. But what keeps me coming back forever is being engaged in the game. So, I mean, it's both. But if I had to pick, I would say engagement. One of the, th- you kind of touched there for just a second, like being being immersed to a level that you are comfortable and enjoy mm-hmm. is engaging. Absolutely. But there's more to it than that. That gives me a special moment. What makes the game good for me for long term is when somebody says, oh, Jason's bored. I'm going to go over and talk to him in character. And it makes me have more fun. And while I may not be perfectly immersed in that moment, I'm enjoying myself. Right. Because I'm involved. And when I do that for somebody else, that's engagement. It's not immersion, but it's drawing them in. And when I am playing a game and I'm thinking, wow, what will they think of next? (laughs) A lot of times that's not immersion. You know, especially if I'm playing a character like my old werewolf character, no imagination. Right. Wasn't interested in what the plot was. (laughs) He was just like, what's the most direct solution to this right this second and i will just claw my way through i will just it. i will just right i will claw whatever it takes to get to the solution but jason was like oh what are they what's going on here i want to see what this is <laughs> and that's what keeps me coming back is that is that that moment right what do you think carry immersion more important or engagement oh no engagement all the way um engagement is the community and community is everything. And community is everything. Community is more important than the game, is more important than the rules, is more important than immersion. Than your job. And then your job. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like for real, like uh, you can't have a healthy game without a healthy community. Right. That mm-hmm. has to come first. And to have a healthy community, you have to have engagement with that community. And you know what? These one-shot LARPs, that community could last three days. But it's... But it's still a community or, or for those three could, days. It could span decades. Like I, I once uh, played in a one-shot game in Gen Con, and like four years later, I walked into a game and someone screamed, "Oh my God, you're my satyr!" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" You know, and that remember Bam? It was longer than four years. It was a long time, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like she remembered me and like was like, From you know, the satyr character you played in a one-shot Changeling game. Yeah, like a decade or Yeah, like right. community and engagement is far more important. I agree. I to me engagement's more important for a lot of reasons. I think, you know, like we like I was saying earlier, you know, um I I don't feel like the game has to be fully immerse, immersive for me to have fun. No. Mm-hmm. I do have to have fun to want to come back. Mhm. And that the, means the only, you know the only we talk on this show about how the only way to win is to have fun. Right, right. I have to have enjoyed myself. But, but, but here's the thing: is immersion and engagement both add to can add to fun, mm-hmm. right? But immersion is not required for me to have fun. It helps, but engagement is. I have to have. I have to be engaged to have fun. Because if I don't give a shit, then I don't give a shit. I'm not going to come back. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to have come back. I'm not going to have a good time because I don't want to be here because I'm not engaged. Or I'm going to come back because I feel obligated, be miserable, and accidentally make other people unhappy too. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think I feel hands down engagement's more important. And it's it's interesting to see right now in – especially in LARP. Because, you know, tabletop and mush communities don't discuss immersion very much. No. Um, you know, and, and in some respects that makes sense because well, there's a hard limit to the immersion you have in most tabletop games, right? Because they are mechanics driven. You're in a living room, sitting right. around a table, right? Eating Cheetos. Yeah. Maybe. But, but the truth Even is. Even if you're in costume, there's a limit. Yeah. But the truth is I have played in relatively immersive tabletop games where they've dimmed the lights a little bit because it was a vampire game mm-hmm. and the vampire game was, you know, or you know, I've played in Star Wars tabletop games where they put, uh, you know, the John Williams music on right. 
you know, in the background. Music. So there was Star Wars music playing yeah. the whole time. There, there are things, you, you know, I mean, they served cookies and, and dyed the milk blue. So it was like blue milk. It was Bantha milk, you know? Like, there are little things that you can do to make tabletop more immersive. And that's a good thing. Right, but you... You know, just the realities of it is a tabletop LARP in your kitchen around the table is never going to be as immersive as a boffer LARP in the woods. Right. Right. Just that's especially just at night. The when nature. Everything is scary. And- <laughs> right. But but it doesn't make immersion not an element you can add to your game. Right. OK. So but what I'm getting at, though, is is it's not necessary. It's the thing you could it do without. It's a spice. It enhances whatever you're doing. Right. But it's not the main dish. The main dish is the engagement. And and what's strange to me though is in the LARP community right now, the big buzzwords immersion. Well, you know, like I think it's a pushback. How many oh. years did we play games in which there was basically none? Or there was very little. People came to when I first started playing in the World of Darkness. 90% of the people did not wear costumes. They showed up in jeans and t-shirts that they had been wearing all day. And would probably wear the next day, too. They did not wear anything like their character would. And then maybe 10% of the people would show up with their cool costumes on. You're saying the little sticker on your t-shirt that says, <laughs> Giorgio Armani suit? I wish they Wasn't had those immersive? stickers. Because that would have been something. <laughs> most, most of them Gorg- had White Wolf t-shirts Gorg- on. Gorgeous times five. Right. Well, um, we did wear those. Yeah, you want to break those. You want to break immersion? You wear a t-shirt advertising the game you're playing to a LARP. Goodness. I think that's a Ravidos. Why? She's wearing a t-shirt that says Ravidos. <laughs> She's labeled herself. Right. Um, I, I... Mush, quick. We, uh, immersion. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. Uh, oh, so um, part part I think of the reason that uh, immersion is such a buzzword for LARP though is there is a magical moment the first time you have an immersive experience when you go, whoa, yeah. Like afterward, like you go to the restaurant and you're like, whoo, that was. I felt something like when it makes you feel something when, you know, like when you have this emotional moment that's immersive and that sparks something in Mm -hmm. you, you know, like if you've never experienced it before. So I do think it's a it is a magical like moment. It's certainly valuable. And it's very valuable. And so I, I think that it's it's easy to have that be a buzzword. Because you go, look at this magical carrot. I had this wonderful moment. I'm dangling it over all the gamers' heads. And everyone goes, ooh, I want that. And it's a little bit harder to be like, ooh, look, we're all engaged in the game. Like, that's not (laughs) engagement. It's a lot of work. And well, it's not as exciting sounding. No. And I also think, again, it's that thing that I was sort of getting at earlier is where, where as a storyteller or a game runner, you can offer immersion. You can't offer engagement. Like you can... You have to build engagement. You have to build yeah. it. Or you have to... I mean, there are certainly things you can offer that will help with engagement. But ultimately, the player is engaged or not, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's nothing I can do about that. As far as immersion though, I can rent a castle. Yes. I can pay for the lights to be dimmed. I can bring in a jazz band, right? Like there are, there are things that I think as game runners, we are more in control of immersion than we can be in control of engagement. Well, that's the reason why a lot of these games now are starting to have these, uh, well, I say now, we're starting to be more involved in the idea of having workshops and stuff right? to build engagement before the game starts so people know expectations, how things are going to work. So that way there's less latency, there's less cognitive load as they go forward because they practice all this enough right. so they can keep moving. I also think engagement can happen after the game too. Uh, there were thinking about it. I, no, yeah. I was well. Yes, certainly that too. But you, you know, there were many games back when I lived in Chicago. I mm. I used to I would go to LARPs because I couldn't wait for us to all hang out at the restaurant afterwards and talk about it. Right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was that was I was. Did way you see more, that cool thing that guy did? Yeah, I was way more excited about about having that waitress, you know, give me grief about drinking so much soda at one in the morning than I was about, you know, like it was, 
there's people have rituals to get in character, sure. you know, and, and out. And I also think people have rituals to get out of character. And I think that that things like I mean, we call it afters, but whatever your gaming group calls it, because tabletop groups go to Denny's too. Oh sure. yeah. You know, and I think that, that that builds engagement as well. Like Carrie was saying, the community element mm-hmm. builds engagement. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, uh, um, I don't know, I think it's it's just interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. It's very interesting, That's very too. Interesting. Before we close, I want to talk about an immersion problem with engagement. Sure. Yeah, let's talk about the, what is the, what's bad? What's the problems with engagement and, immer- and immersion? Well, this is the one that I've experienced a little bit, and I've read about people doing Several times. You know how I briefly mentioned I was at a LARP in which we were all eating, and yet I needed to talk to people at the other end of the table, and I couldn't because I couldn't hear them. I mean, we're in we're in a place, everybody's talking. I didn't feel immersed. I didn't feel engaged, even though I had all these things around me. And it's similar where you go to a LARP that takes place in, say, a disco or a, a club, something like that, where there's a lot of loud music, and you're like, I'm going to go talk to this guy. And you spend the evening screaming in people's ears and you don't really ever feel immersed because you've spent so much time trying to communicate desperately. <laughs> like the, the attempt at immersion actually broke the immersion. Right. Because I can't be engaged. I can't be immersed because I'm too busy trying to figure out how am I going to talk to anybody with this music on? It's o- overstimulation. Yes. Do, do you remember when we went to... Uh... We, we went out of town to a LARP somewhere. I don't remember. It was a vampire LARP. And they were actually at a club, like a bar club. And there were all these people that weren't playing the game. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, and so it was really uncomfortable because you never knew who was in character and who wasn't. Right. So you just bite anyone. Uh, and, and you're, <laughs> no, but like I had this lady talking to me for 20 minutes. And, then, and you were like, this is a great scene. <laughs> and she was like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I really am not hitting on you then. Whoops. <laughs> I just like, wanted to drink your blood and yeah, leave your body uh, for the... Uh, oh, I, I think there are some uh, some actual like mechanical reasons that immersion can, can be bad. You know, for example, immersion can increase your budget exponentially. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Rent, right. Renting that castle is not cheap. Ooh. No, no. And, you know, we talk, We sometimes we joke about the $300 games. Right. Like, that's the reason why they're $300. We only joke about $300 games because we can't afford to go to them. That's not right. Or run them. Yeah. Right. If somebody yeah. wants to sponsor us, all three. <laughs> oh, I have to bring my wife, too. So four people right. go to your immersive event, and we'll do a podcast there. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In character, right? Oh my gosh, I want to do that so, so badly. So the, um, but but yeah, that's you know that is a. There's a reason why it costs three hundred bucks. Yeah, it's a negative, and a negative side effect of immersion can be it increases costs, right. which means that your game is less accessible to people who can't afford to pay that kind of money, right? And it also means, you know, you can't afford to spend that money on other things right. and necessarily. That's not necessarily a bad thing because I really want to go to a LARP in a right. castle. These are and, all choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we loved when we got to play in that, uh, what's that room called? Oh, the, the foundation room. The foundation yeah. room. That, that was uh, really House cool. of Blues that was being remodeled. Right. Oh, it was really cool. And that stuff's not free. You know, another, another downside to immersion is that it can actually be negatively intimidating to brand new players. Oh, yeah. Yes, because you don't know what's going on and you don't feel like you can ask anybody. Right. Or, so it can create that problem where you feel so intimidated by it that you don't want to to ask what's happening. Or you can walk in and just go, oh, this is way too serious for me. Like, you know, I've seen people... Because you really don't like that sort of thing. Well, we live we live in the South. Sure, and, you know we we're broadcasting out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're in the Bible Belt, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's one thing to convince uh, a, an extremely religious person, you know, come play this vampire game. We're just pretending to be vampires. Oh, we aren't re- right. But then they walk in, and people are doing you know circles of salt on the floor to fully immerse themselves in the thaumaturgical ritual that they're doing, you know, and suddenly, suddenly they're like, nope, I, yeah, I can't right. handle this. You have crossed, you have crossed the line for yeah. me. Well, and, you know, I know tabletop players who, who play a priest that worship a God, but they're like, when I go to a LARP, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't feel comfortable in my life. Right. And yeah. not all of them are Christians. Some of them just are like, I don't feel comfortable pretending that there's well, Carrie's deities when I'm doing this yeah. sort of thing. Carrie's Catholicism makes her uncomfortable with fully immersive sabbat games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so it's definitely that's another downside is that yeah. it can be off-putting. 
Mm -hmm. So what about engagement? Like what are some of the, the negative sides about engagement? It's too good. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, the, for me, what, what is the, it for you? The, the greatest problem with engagement is it eats my life. Absolutely. If, you know, if I like underground theater experienced a lot of this, like I was super engaged, it became a 24 seven game. No, this is a once a month LARP, right? Like we right. shouldn't be playing 24 seven every single day over Facebook groups and over all of these different forums and email and all these things. And it, it actually harmed not just some players, but it also harmed the game. You know, it adds to burnout. It adds, it, it can hurt your personal life, your real life. You know, another complaint I saw was it's impossible. It, at that game, it become impossible to be casual, right? Yeah. Because if you wanted to be involved in the national plot at all, and again, this is one of the people who was guilty, right? You felt like you had to be engaged more than just your four hours a month right. or eight hours a month that oh. you had to be involved in groups and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I do actually have, I have heard that complaint with mush as well, that if I don't log on every day when I, you know, if I'm you only able something. to log on once a week, then suddenly I'm behind. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and I, I try really hard to have that not be the case, but sometimes it gets away from you. You yeah. know, like it's. And tabletop games can be the same way too. Like if suddenly you realize the only conversation that you are able to have with one of your friends is about the game you play Friday night. Right. Right. You've lost your friendship somewhere. Yeah. Because right? all we talk about is the game. It's and while the game misplaced. may be great, I mean, don't you both watch movies? Right. We're yeah. television shows? Anything? Weren't we, weren't we just friends before? Probably. And now suddenly we're just, we're just playing in a game together. Like you, have, it's, you have friends that you met outside of games? No, I don't. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> no, I do. I do. So, so even engagement can can become negative if it becomes obsessive. Hmm. Would we call that toxic engagement? I, I don't you know. know. I, I like to use toxic because it ups our views. Oh, there yeah. we go. I, I, and I don't like to use <laughs> toxic views. because I feel like toxic is an undefined, it's an undefined buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and we could talk about toxic forever, and we should probably yeah. do like ten more podcasts on it <laughs> because it drives engagement. Yeah. But uh, you know, another problem that I have after you've said all that, after making a joke about it, is I feel obligated. Like, for example, if somebody's running a tabletop game every week, and I'm just like, man, I just, I just want to stay home and watch TV, but I can't. I'm engaged. Right. I have to come. I, I've. I'm part of it. If I don't show up, it makes it worse for other people. So I, I have to go. I remember, and this has been 20, 25 years, but I remember playing in a Dun Dungeons and Dragons game that was so good, mm -hmm. right? That, you know, I came home from work at, I used to work like one to nine. And so on Friday nights, and so I would come home at like 930 and go straight to the gamer's house. Mm -hmm. We would play Dungeons and Dragons and the game was so good that we ended up playing D&D &D all the way through the whole night until like eight in the morning. Right. And then I would run home, take a shower, put my work clothes on and then work nine to five. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's not healthy. No, it was, it was, I mean, I could have, I, at the time I, I had a job where like I could have gotten hurt if mm -hmm. I, cause I was, is that when you worked you know, at Lenscraft? Yeah. When I was or, making eyeglasses. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that sounds silly to say that. Making no, there's a lot of so sharp but, stuff. Well, there are, there is an there's industrial drills and yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I could have gotten injured. I could have hurt someone else. You could have shattered a bunch of glasses I and been fired. Broke a <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? And so, and I, is that healthy engagement? No. No. Was it awesome? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. But <laughs> And it's one thing to do that when you're, you know, in your early 20s, late teens. Right. But. It certainly doesn't happen now at 44. Mm. No. <laughs> if somebody's like, hey, we're going to play tomorrow and we're going to stop at 9, I'm like, but I go to bed at 8.30. Yeah. Like so. I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even imagine staying up until 7 a.m., let alone then going to work for eight more hours. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so engagement and immersion can both be bad. Be they, There are downsides. There can be downsides to them well, as well. Everything's about balance. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just, just good life advice. Too, too much is too much. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So there. So yeah. there. So there. Well, let's go to game wrap. Okay. All right. Welcome to game wrap. Hey, everybody. Good job. 
Thank you. Yay. Yeah. So um, I'm super engaged. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Well, listen, if you like this show, you can always find us at honorrollpodcast.com. You can download other episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you find podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast. You can email us at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. And, of course, you can back us on Patreon and get free stuff at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. You know, since we're doing game rap, let's go ahead and... Uh, um, rap? Do Yeah, let's rap. That'll let's be rap. good times. So let's go ahead and give out XP. Uh, Jason... You get uh, six experience points for being fully engaged today. Thank you. Uh, you also get three points for, for helping to contribute to the immersion level. Thank you. I did come in costume. That's right. I'm dressed as a podcaster, so <laughs> I'm... And it was convincing. Yeah. It was convincing. And you, you did everything, like not just the, the clothing, but you also smelled like a podcaster as well. Well, I did try to get it a little nice. bit of nacho cheese on my shirts. Right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, you're just getting like the I'm so sick sympathy XP okay. today. Okay. So you're going to just get like 10 XP for, for being a trooper. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm a trooper. Anyway, so there we go. That's the end. Join us next week when our topic is role-playing in... A porta potty and how engaged and immersive that can be. Oh no! Yeah, it's been immersive. It's not good. No, yeah. No. No. I don't want to do that. Until next time, remember the only way to win in a role playing game is to have have fun. fun. Be engaged. Uh, no, just just have fun. Okay. Or be immersed mm, in your fun. Have fun. Ooh, what if just I'm have immersed fun. in my engagement. Just have fun. Okay. Have fun. Have fun. and opinions expressed on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Uh-huh.